Let us go now to the scripture this morning, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews is a New Testament book near the end of the Bible. And we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to skip around a little bit, so hang in there with me. But we're going to start with Hebrews 11, beginning in the first verse. It is on your screens, in your worship guides, and feel free to pull out your Bible or your electronic device with a Bible on it so that you might follow along. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. And now to the sixth verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach God must believe that God exists and that God rewards those who seek him. And then down to the 32nd verse. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, and of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that indeed you are our holy and worthy God. So have your way. Take this, your servant, and hide her behind that old rugged cross so that everything that is said and everything that is done comes straight from you, O God. This is your servant's prayer. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. When I was growing up at Central Church just down the road from us, actually right over there, a few miles I remember first Sundays or communion Sundays as spectacular. The doors of the church would open and the pastor would step in and he, it was a he then, would say, please rise for the processional hymn as we praise God together. The altar guild and communion stewards, they were all ready on the first row, all decked in white, ready to serve all God's people. The choir was in their white communion robes for first Sunday. And the music started, Miss Denard, and the whole church started to sway. I think the building would start moving, but the floors would start. Everybody would stand up. And they'd start singing. We've come this far by faith. We've come this far by faith. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord and trusting, trusting in his holy word. Because God has never failed us yet. I remember that from every first Sunday from the time I was five years old. And and even the children would sway and lean and sway and lean and stomp and clap and stomp and clap. And hold their hands up in praise to God. Before we even knew what was happening. You see, it wouldn't be until a little bit later that I learned that those folks were singing for their lives. (laughs) They didn't sing the hymn the way we sing it. And maybe Miss Denard will get you to play it on the piano the way that it it really sounds. (laughs) But they were literally singing for their life. They were praising God because they knew that if it had not been for the Lord on their side, that they would not be sitting in that pew, that they would not have the breath of life, that they would not have dollars to put in their gas tank or a roof over their heads. They knew that it was only by faith. 
by God that they made it another day. They look at each other and smile when they got to the first verse and those old saints would sing, don't be discouraged when troubles in your life, he'll bear your burdens and move all misery <laughs> and strife. The writer of the Hebrews letter reminds us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction, the evidence of things not seen. Faith means that I can be sure that God is going to do what God says God is going to do. <laughs> and I can be sure and live in hope expecting expecting things that I cannot see with my naked eye but that God has shown me in my spiritual eye. Man, I, what would happen, I wonder what would happen in all of our churches if we really believed and understood and talked to God when we were singing and worshiping and praying. I wonder what would happen if we got on our knees and said, Oh God, my faith is okay, I think, but I want the kind of faith that's going to get me from 170 75 years in the past to 175 years in the future. I want the kind of faith I want you to go home and read Hebrews 11 It's basically a summary of the whole Bible it, it tells us about the faith of Abel and Enoch and Noah. It tells us about the faith of Father Abraham and the prophet Moses. It tells us about the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah of King David and Samuel and all of the other prophets it tells us what we are made of and why we have the audacity to live in a place of hope and expectation Now faith is trust in God. It is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. 
I told you that we lost one of the anchors of our church this week, Miss Flo Smith. And Dr. Bob, I have to tell you that people were coming up to me this morning and saying, did you know Dr. Bob was going to be here? Dr. Bob is here. I can't believe that Dr. Bob is here. But Dr. Bob has strong faith. His, his anchor is in the Lord. So why would he not be in the place that helps him get closer to his anchor in life as his whole life shifts into a new season? Our ancestors knew something that we don't know. <laughs> Pierce Harris was the longtime beloved pastor of this church. And in 1964, he wrote an article for the newsletter called The Messenger. You can go ahead and put it up on the screen. There it is. And it was in response to another article that appeared in the AJC the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, that stated that churches in downtown were moving out, moving on, and that there would be no more churches in downtown Atlanta. Pierce Harris said that rugged, rough-hewn stone church that stands at the corner of Peachtree and Porter Place saw that piece in the paper the other morning about the disappearing downtown church. And she didn't like it at all. <laughs> in fact, it answered back, and here's what it said. I am a downtown church. I have a thrilling and romantic history. I am more than a hundred years old. I have served this city from the heart of it since it was a village. I have stood the test against war, famine, depression, and prosperity. I was here when Sherman came with his lighted torch. It was my bell that warned the people he was coming. I helped pull what was left out of the hot ashes and did my part in putting heart into the people. I stand here in the heart of the city my ministry is to no particular part of town. It is not limited to any section. I reach out in every direction and I touch every neighborhood with many within many miles of where I stand, proud and tall. He said, I have no ambitions for myself. I live to serve. I exist for others. I stay here. I am, God built me on love and service and promised that this church would live forever. 
come by and see me sometime. I'll be right here. Our ancestors knew something that we tend to forget. They seem to know that if we really lean into this issue of faith, then we don't have to be worried about tomorrow. <laughs> Pierce Harris had an expectation in 1964 that we would be celebrating 175 years today and that this church forever and ever and ever would continue to love and to serve Faith is not merely an idealistic concept. Rather, it is the reality of those who seek to survive. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to look 175 years into the future. Without faith, it's impossible to worship God in spirit and in truth. Without faith, it's really hard to get up out of the bed in the morning and put one foot in front of another. Without faith, we relinquish the rich history that our ancestors have given us and the power of the great cloud of witnesses to help us keep on living on. The scripture says, in Eugene Peterson's contemporary translation of the Bible, it says, not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, not one of these people got their hands on what they were promised. God had a better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one complete whole. Their lives of faith could not be complete apart from ours. Here's the good news. We have the faith of our ancestors. It's up to us to put it to use. Hear the good news. As much as we admire Abraham and Moses and the prophets and all the other ancestors for their faith, they didn't get what they were promised or owed on this side of Jerusalem. And the same is true for us. 
not get all that we have asked God for on this side of Jerusalem. Yet that is no reason to walk around without faith. The ancestors that Hebrew tells us about, they were persecuted. They were cut in half. They were kidnapped. They were thrown in jail. They suffered and suffered and suffered for the cause of Christ. They gave everything they had to God, everything they had for the purpose of caring for their neighbor, and still God said it was not enough. God said, hold up and wait for those that come behind because they will get to benefit from your faith and then maximize your faith with their faith so that all of us might realize the abundant life we have in Jesus Christ. It's not just one of us. It takes all of us together. Come on, Mr. Nard, help me out a little bit. Choir, y'all come too. We, we're going to sing, we've come this far by faith, the way it's supposed to be sung. <laughs> and we're going to remember the faith of our ancestors and how they have passed on the ability to worship God in good days and bad days when we're happy, when we're sad, when we have everything everything we want when we have nothing that we want because our faith comes from knowing that God is God. God will always be God and God is at work in our lives. So we've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord.
far by faith. We've come this far by faith. And this is an invitation to tighten up your faith a little bit. Extend your faith a little bit. Because somebody else is going to need you to put your faith out there. So that they can grow their faith. So that we might all experience the promises of God in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.